This is the Triangle and Two Podcast, sponsored by Yates Contracting, LLC. Hello, everybody. It's Season 3, Episode 10 of the Triangle and Two Podcast with Nathan. I'm Andrew. So glad you could join us. It's a big podcast because we have a lot to get to because it is March Madness. You already know that, of course. Sweet 16 is set. So in this episode, of course, we're going to talk about Duke making the Sweet 16, Carolina losing in the second round, NC State losing in the first round, our takeaways from that. We're going to break down all these upsets. Why are they happening? Are there more upsets than in previous years? Or is it just one big upset? And uh, yeah, it's going to be a basketball-filled podcast. Absolutely. It's, again, I've said it for the last two weeks, but it's time. We're here. We need to, we need to cherish it. It's actually, I have a little bit of like a March Madness hangover from, from this week. It's, it's, it goes 100 miles an hour, and then it just like slams on the brakes. There's nothing there for you. Yeah. And you got you to gotta work it out until Thursday, Friday, get here again. Now, I was out of town, so I was working, and I was following as much as I could. And, you know, get back to the hotel and watch some games later at night. I know my roommate set up like a projector to go above the TV because he's a pro like that. Yeah. That's a pro move. That's a veteran move. Yeah, his. I also had the the projector going. You know, you got to re reroute some nothing less reroute some audio cables. Make sure that it's coming out of the sound bar. It was a project. Actually, it's still plugged up right now. My roommate's probably pretty pretty not thrilled with me that he doesn't know how to work the TV right now. But hopefully, he'll figure it out. <laughs> That's the only way to learn. Yeah. So, what do you want to get to first? You tell me. You you. I don't know, man. There was so much stuff that happened. Like, exactly. We could we could lead with anything. I mean, I I don't know. Where where do you even start? Where do you where do you dig in? You ever been to like a, a crawfish boil or something like that? And they just throw everything out. Yeah, it's like a golden corral. And you're just like, yeah, where do I start? <laughs> do I get gummy bears and the ice cream first? Whew, that's pretty aggressive. <laughs> I was 10. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's, uh, let's start with the, the triangle schools. Let's go Duke first. Okay. They made the sweet 16. Yeah. They avoided the early upset. We thought they had the easiest path to the sweet 16. And it certainly played out that way. You look at their matchups, I mean, they, they pretty much took care of business. We're in two blowouts and pretty boring weekend. Yeah, Rhode Island turned out to be not very good, uh, which we kind of suspected, basically. I, just, I feel like you have to have a certain baseline of talent or Duke just, like, overwhelms you. No matter how good of a team you are almost, like, you have to, you have to be up to a certain level of talent. I would agree. And then if you don't have that talent, then their length and their athleticism can just kind of more or less swallows you whole. I would agree, especially compared to some other Duke teams that did lose early. Right. This team, especially with their big guys, like that. I've I've spoken about this before with Carolina in, in past years where, like last year, they rebounded the ball so well that their margin was bigger because they were they would just get all the boards. They could shoot 25% and still beat you because they got all the boards. Yep. And Duke isn't as elite of a rebounding team, but it's kind of a similar similar deal where, like, Bagley and Carter – they're gonna they're gonna dominate in the paint, and it, it's harder for those guys to have an off night. You're not gonna miss that many bunnies. You're more likely to have a bad night from shooting three. Yeah. So this is not an Austin Rivers team, and Duke is in the Sweet 16. They got a little bracket luck. Yeah. It's a real thing. Everyone was looking forward to that Duke Michigan State matchup, as were tons of NBA execs, because you're probably looking at mm -hmm. five ish first round draft picks and four lottery picks in that one game. Well. Now you get Syracuse, so deal with it. Duke's going to win by 20, by the way. You think so? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It's a matchup of the best two zones in college basketball. <laughs> it's Duke. Yeah. It's Syracuse. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, you remember when Syracuse was good and Duke and, and Syracuse and Kay and Bayheim that was, that was going to be like a big ACC rivalry? Yeah. And, and then, then Syracuse kind of 
They just haven't been very good. Ever since, it's like the curse of Bayheim. After he absolutely lost his mind in Cameron, <laughs> like they're only capable of being the 11 seed now. So that's, <laughs> I I just I think that that Duke will easily win that game, and maybe not. Um, I hope Duke wins that game, not just for the triangle, but also because there's so many media members that are Syracuse grads that they just hype up Syracuse so much more. Yeah. And I'm tired of seeing Syracuse being not good and making a Final Four. I don't want to see that again. Let me ask you a question. They're though. not good. Since they made this week 16, right, but they're not good. Right. Well, since, we, since we're talking about Syracuse, let me ask you a Syracuse-related question, just because it's something that's kind of ran through my mind. They have, I believe the number is seven NCAA tournament wins in the last three years and one ACC tournament win. And I believe they've only been in the tournament two of the last three years as well. I think mm. they missed once. Um, why? Will you explain that to me? Is Remember? it just a familiarity deal? Like, what? what is it? What, I mean, what happens in March for Jim Beheim and Syracuse? I don't know the answer to that very good question, but I will throw something back at you. Yeah. Remember a podcast or two ago? I think it was two podcasts ago when I closed it by asking you which is harder to win, the NCAA tournament or the ACC tournament? Right. And you, you thought about it for a second. You realized, oh, it's probably closer than I initially thought. Yeah. I'm just saying that that might be evidence towards the ACC tournament <laughs> being almost as tough. Maybe. 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 I don't know. It might be the familiarity with the zone. I don't know if these teams just, like, don't practice. Like, you know, at least round one, you know what you're going to get. Yeah. Round two, you have a basically a 24-hour turnaround where it's like, hey, let's let's drill up against <laughs> the best 2-3 zone we're going to see all year. You go back to, like, high school, like, oh, just attack the short corner and the free throw exactly. line. Exactly. And then you got to exactly. go up against Syracuse's zone. I don't know. It's just interesting. I just just food for thought. Food for thought. Just throwing it out there. Seven wins in the last three years is pretty freaking. I mean, impressive. that's impressive. And it's such an anomaly whenever you look at their ACC results. That's the thing that really throws me off. No, I mean, if we're being honest, Duke's a better team than Syracuse. That's why they're going to win by twenty. Carolina's a better team than Syracuse. They're, Michigan they're State at home. Michigan State was a better team than Syracuse. Yeah. Syracuse limited them to yeah. less than sixty points. NC State's a better team than Syracuse too. They're also sitting at home. A little March luck was that? Is that is I mean, that it? sometimes it just comes down to the matchup or for whatever reason. I mean, I didn't get a chance to see that Michigan State game to be honest with you. Yeah, it was. So I'm was, not going to give you a breakdown of why. It was an ugly game. It was a defensive, like counterpunch slugfest. That's what Syracuse has been able to do though. Yeah, because they're not great offensively. So. I don't know. We're talking too much about Syracuse. I'm sorry. But I just, Duke is going to drill Syracuse. Okay, I'm good with that. I can't really argue with you. I mean, if that happens, I, would, I wouldn't I would bet on that happening, but I would not bet on that happening either. The real, <laughs> the real question is, can Duke's bracket luck continue? Can Auburn beat Kansas? Clemson. Clemson, sorry. Auburn wow. lost by yeah, approximately yeah, yeah. 140 points. I was just thinking points. Tigers, you know. Yeah. You know yeah. No, I hear you. No, yeah, they drilled Auburn. They were up 40. Yeah. Um, I'm, I, I, it was a slip by me, but I really was expecting Auburn to win that game. Right. Um, I didn't think that Clemson would be in the Sweet 16. So, True time. I've, we are. I've watched Auburn play probably five halves of basketball in the last three weeks. That's like four too many. And the number one offense in the SEC – has j- just can't score. I don't know what happened. I didn't watch him any in the regular season, but like, if you'd have let me watch these five halves and been like, do you think Auburn is in the bottom three or the top three in SEC offense? I would have bet anything you wanted to. They were in the bottom really? three. Really? That's, that's and, telling. And they lead the SEC in offense, and it happened again. They lost by 40. But anyway, hmm. I digress. So, so can Clemson then? If, could we get a Clemson versus Duke for the final four game? No, it's not going to happen. Okay. Not going to happen. So Duke will have to beat one legitimate team. Yes. 
Yep. Which is probably one more than Kentucky will have to beat, but we can cover that in a little bit. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> probably so. So Duke, I mean, I think right now, I think Duke is making the Final Four. Yeah, I mean, I, I do. Not the championship game, but I think they're making the Final Four. Hard to argue with that. Um, I will be locked and loaded for that Duke-Kansas game because I think it is – it's hard for me to bet against Devontae Graham. They were down 10 against Penn. Molly Kidd. Right. I mean, local local guy, Broughton guy. Um, but they were down 10 against Penn early, and I was like, this might like this is this is fake. I don't even care this is happening because there is I think we I tweeted it actually. You did tweet it. I said there's I a that. there's a negative percent chance that Devontae Graham lets Kansas lose that game. And that's kind of the way I feel most of the games Kansas plays. Where like yeah. Devontae Graham just could carry them to Final Four National Championship, whatever the case may be. So yeah. it'll be interesting and I I'll, I'll be I'll be wanting to watch it. If you there's a difference between a Trey Young type guard and a Devontae Graham type guard. Yep. You remember like a Salim Stoudemire back oh, in the day? Gosh. Or a Kimball Walker is another good example. Yep. Where when you have a veteran guard, there are certain guards that can just basically say, we're not losing this game. Mm-hmm. And uh, most of the time they won't. Yeah. So I think he definitely, yeah, I think he fits that mold no, for sure. But now does Grayson Allen fit that mold? It doesn't seem like it, but he might step up in that game. Duke, Kansas is what we're rooting for. Exactly. That that's, would be a good game. That's what you want to see. Yes, that is what we want to see. Um, Carolina out in the second round. And honestly, if you asked me in the beginning of the year and you said, and, and you told me, Hey, this Carolina team will lose in the second round. I'd say, yeah, that's about right. I might expect <laughs> them to go one more, but that's, that's about right. Yeah. Um, and I think the biggest takeaway from most people has basically just been admiring Theo Penson and Joel Berry. Yeah. And, and what they were able to accomplish. No, absolutely. And that's great. And I, I want to, you know, we can give them their, their due as well. But yeah. they've gotten their due. I kind of want to get a little deeper into that, though. Yeah. Like, are you surprised that they lost? Because so, I am. I think you're you're right in saying that, you know, at the beginning of the season, you said, hey, they're going to lose in the second round. You said, yeah, okay. Okay. That's not that surprising. Right. But if you if you had said a week ago or exactly. two weeks ago, exactly. hey, they're going to lose in the second round, you'd have kind of raised an eyebrow and been like, huh, really? Mm-hmm. And in Charlotte, no right, less. which is even a bigger deal, really. I mean, they were they'd won what thirty games in a row, and like thirty eight and one. Dude, there's more Carolina fans in Charlotte than there is in Chapel Hill. I mean, seriously. I mean, that that's that's really what that's that's the odds that Texas A&M was playing against. But <laughs> and they didn't just get beat, right? I mean, that, they got they got beat down. I mean, obviously Virginia was more shocking because we'll of the way that. they lost. We'll get to but that. this was the like to me, this was by far the second most shocking thing. That Carolina essentially lost a home game, not that they lost, like I because we talked about it before. Like Texas A&M was a dangerous team with lottery yes, players, yes. But the way they got beat, like very rarely do you see Carolina just get dominated for thirty straight minutes. When has Carolina gotten boat raced all year? Michigan State. That's it. Yeah. Good point. Good call. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think you were going to come up with one. That's yeah, it. That, that is that is the one. But that's what I'm saying. It's so rare, and over the years, it just doesn't happen. But it's it's kind of like. You know, live by the sword, die by the sword, the way they went out. Because this was the year, you know, Roy had to do some things he didn't want to do. You're playing Luke May at the five. You're playing Theo at the four. You're a little smaller. You're shooting a lot of threes. Mm -hmm. And you even said last week, you know, there's not a ton of teams in college basketball that have bigs that can just back you down and go get a bucket. Correct. And, you know, that's the new thing these days, right? Space and pace, right? Well, (laughs) you got to draw on Texas A&M, and they have two legit big guys who are going to play professional basketball. And you combine that with the outside shooting performance that Carolina had, and you lose by 20. So, I mean, it was kind of the perfect storm. 
But at the same time, it leaves you with a bitter taste in your mouth over what they've been able to accomplish over the last month and a half from the time they were five and five in ACC play. Yeah, and I think that uh, you know some of some of my people that I know that are that are Carolina grads, Carolina fans, they're mostly saying, "Hey, if you just take what they did over those four years, like I'll, I'll take it every four years." You know, obviously you would one yeah. natty, one runner up. Um, I don't know if you would take the gut punch. I guess if you get an Addy the next year, every time it's okay. Right. But uh, that I mean, the all time, the the biggest all time gut punch yeah. in college basketball. Uh, but it's I mean, I I think it's it's nice for Carolina fans to to really appreciate what those guys were able to do. But I think over time, usually people go the opposite way. I think U- usually it's 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 panic and freak out and be like, wow, did this happen? And and. And then go back and say, man, but it's been really, you know, it's been a really good four years. It's been a really good run. But I think this will be the opposite, where the initial reaction was, man, love those guys, great guys. And uh, and a little bit later, people are going to go, ah, that team was better than that. Yeah, that and, that team should have, you know, X Y Z. Right, and it was kind of a weird reaction because I was anticipating a little more, I guess, like anger on Twitter. But whenever you combine the national championship last year, and yeah. The type of game it was, where it just really wasn't like there, you know, you could be hoping for a miracle in that second half, but when it's twenty-two point game with sixteen minutes left or whatever, you essentially are like, oh well, you no, know. right? I maybe that's actually I think you bring up a really valid point. Yeah, and so like there wasn't the same type of like ah like that I yeah. thought there would be. Yeah, and it just turned into a lot of you know thanking Joel Berry and Theo Pinson, obviously, and. It's weird because those guys are such throwbacks. I mean, it, it's it's it very rarely do you get to see that quality of player in college for four years. So that I mean, that, I think that speaks to part of it. Yeah, and that's why Carolina's had some so much success in recent years is because they've been able to have four year guys like you say that are throwbacks. But no, that's a really good point. If Carolina, let's say Carolina has a five point lead in that game with four minutes to go, yeah, and and Texas A and M wins it down the stretch, maybe people react a little bit differently. But they kind of have an entire half of basketball to come to grips with. Yeah. This is the last time we're going to see Joel Berry and Theo Penson. Right. That's actually, yeah, I think you're on the on the money there. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. As surprised as I am, yeah. here we are. <laughs> um, I think you nailed that one. So, by the way, speaking of playing small and doing things Roy doesn't really want to do, unless uh, Manley or Brooks gets infinitely better in the offseason, which they, one of them probably will. Yeah. Um, but if they don't, I mean, I don't know. With the guys they have coming in, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they play small again. Luke May might be playing the five again next year. I would be surprised. I would be surprised. And real quick, not to like be a Debbie Downer here, but again, another fun question for you just because I've never asked you this. I want to hear your, your thoughts. But first of all, I think Manley is going to be a problem next year. Yeah, yeah. He'll hit the um, room. But second, what do you think Luke May looks like playing the four in, in conference, more so than the five? Because to me, I think it's going to affect him a little a little more in a, in a negative way. Um, he's not as much of a mismatch nightmare. He still will probably crush people on the glass, which is obviously you know kind of a great equalizer. But it'll just be interesting to me if Luke May does slide back up to the four. He you know he gets guarded more. Let's put let's just throw any team against him. Instead of Wendell Carter guarding you, it's Marvin Bagley. Instead okay. of Omir Yurt Seven guarding you, it's Torn Dorn. Okay. So it's that's just something to watch, and I, I, I you don't even have to answer that if you don't want. But I just I just wanted to throw I it mean, out there. I mean, it's an interesting theory because basketball is almost always about matchups, right? Like just in my own personal life, like 
if I'm, I'm not in great shape and I have a bad knee. So if most people that are guarding me are quicker than I am, <laughs> right. but if there's ever a guy that's not, I can score at will like yeah. no problem. But, but if that's not the case and the guy's way more, way quicker than me, then no, I'm not doing anything. So I think maybe that's a good point that, that Luke may has a quickness advantage over these fives. He's pulling them out to the three-point line where they don't want to go. Mm-hmm. Um, he's cutting to the basket. He's getting behind him. He's shooting little baseline shots. I mean, he's he's really talented. Yeah, no doubt. Um, but against a four, yeah, I don't think he has maybe because because he's he's not a, a super tall guy. No, he's really not going to be that big in terms of height for the four spot. So does he does he take a step back? I mean, I don't care who he's playing against. He probably takes a step back because what he did this year is almost impossible to do. Yeah, um, especially so for, for him the, to replicate yeah. it. Mm. I mean, the first half, first three quarters of the year, he was unconscious, and I think some of the fall off that you've seen Carolina have, with the exception of the ACC tournament, you know, they lost the last two in the regular season, and then you, of course, you lose in the tournament, was because I think, I don't want to say he hit some imaginary wall, but this is by far the most he's played in his career. Mm-hmm. It's the first time he's got serious minutes. First time going through ACC grind. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't surprise me if he has a, a you know, a, a similar season next year. But it's just more consistent as he gets another year in the program. But just something to think about it, because I don't so have an answer. if he does struggle, it's probably matchups. Yeah. I don't have an answer for that. But to me, Luke May is much more guardable as a stretch four trying to guard him than a big five, which is what he ran into this year, which I yeah. think was an advantage for him most of the time. I think, you know, they've got some top recruits coming in that are smaller players. I, I just – I feel like they'll probably be playing small again. Although, they've got to get more from their bigs than they did this year. Yeah. So – I don't know. Are they going to be better next year? Are they going to be worse? I, I guess we'll see. It depends on how good these freshmen are, I guess. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So I'm definitely surprised that, that Carolina lost. Um, they they messed up a lot of people's brackets <laughs> in the area. They did. We're definitely going to get into later on, you know, how messed up is your bracket and why why were all these upsets happening. Uh, for, let's look at NC State now. For the Wolfpack – uh, I don't think that many people were, were shocked that they lost to Seton Hall. We kind of discussed how Seton Hall is underseeded, and that was a good team. Yes. team that had been to the tournament a couple years, hadn't won one, but had a bunch of seniors, so guys had been there. Won a Big East tournament. Yeah. That was a, that was a pretty tough eight seed, and uh, it turned into a whistle fest. I'm, oh. not, I'm not blaming the officials, but that, was, no. that game was awful. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't even the fact that it was like – a game, you know, the rest were against NC State. It was just awful basketball to watch. They were just think, against any player yeah, moving any any, any one minute span yeah. without having a whistle. I mean, I think the game took two and a half hours to, to play. I mean, that's just atrocious. And yeah. and we talked about that about how this NC State can't afford this NC State team because of their depth cannot afford a high foul game. Right. And so you know, I, I don't think that they got you know screwed by the by the officials being being one-sided but the way that that game was called is not beneficial to nc state and no. even if it had been uh, officiated more normally i'd still think they have a really tough time beating seton hall yeah and and you know much like we, we just talked about carolina fans and how it was kind of like uh you know they were able to reflect on it a little more positively because the game was in hand mm-hmm. i mean this nc state game was more of the same essentially um where it was you know it was an eight point game as soon as they tipped off and then it would get up to fourteen, then it'd get down to six, then it'd go yeah. back to twelve, then it'd go down to eight, then it'd go back like it was just it was never really I think really they cut it to three. Yeah. Um, at one point they did. But they didn't lead ever. No. And three was the closest it was, and it was close for just a second. And I think Seton Hall came back on like an eight oh run and it was immediately eleven. Yeah. So again, you know, much like Carolina, you 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 heard a lot of good things after the game. Understandably so, because the season as a whole 
was a success. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it was just a, it was an interesting reaction to these games that I wasn't sure we were going to get. Yeah, we're not going to get in deep onto this and break this down, but uh, Carolina women did not make the tournament, but both Duke and NC State's women's teams made the tournament, and both are in the Sweet 16, so huh. that's cool. Um, the reason I bring it up is because, getting to your point, uh, I was told that NC State hosted the the, uh, the first couple of rounds yes. at Reynolds Coliseum, and I was told that Kevin Keats showed up for the second game and received a standing O mm-hmm. in Reynolds. Yeah. So that's about where the fan base is, where you know they're just really pleased to be in the tournament. I'm sure, obviously, w- would like to have made a run, but for year one, that was a good year. Yeah, that was a really good year. Again, it kind of puts a little a little bitter taste in your mouth. You lose three of the last four coming home, but at the end of the day, this was a team that was projected to finish thirteenth. And you know, a lot of my state friends were having conversations of whether they could win seven ACC games or seven would be a good season. You know, that's yeah. what we call success. But um, here they are. You know, at and the end most of the people season. are saying no. You can't win seven. Right. Exactly. Well, that's yeah. That was the whole. That was a separate conversation. Fans. Fans. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, it'll be interesting to watch. It'll be it, just much like Carolina. They'll have some questions moving to next year. You know, can Carolina get a big man to step up and be kind of a rim protector as well as kind of a low post scoring option? Can NC State? You know, who's going to leave? Uh, you know, everyone thinks Omir is going to leave. Omir year seven. I think everybody's going to leave. And you would think, you know, it's college basketball. There are going to be some people that leave. That's part of the game today. Um, but you got a whole new squad coming in next year. You got three transfers that were over on the bench, and you got some freshmen coming in that you're going to need to play immediately. So, um, you know, again, a lot of transition going on. Can you find some way to guard the paint, guard a pick and roll? That'll be NC State's big question. I think um, Markel Johnson will be back. And I think Braxton Beverly will be back. I think that's it. Torndorn will be back. Oh, yeah, Torndorn. Can't forget about him. Torndorn. I think he'll be back. But other than that, you're going to see a lot of new faces. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So we'll see where they're at. Can't can't wait for next basketball season for for the triangle teams. But Duke continues their run. Uh, You got anything else on these schools? No, that's about it. Okay. So let's get into the mayhem, the madness. Oh, gosh. Uh, how, How bad is your bracket right now? Well, you see, the thing is, uh, so full disclosure, I don't do one one bracket for everything, okay, which makes me a weak human. I understand that, um, but I do, I do have, I have three main ones, and do they're you have all, commitment issues. No, I just try to spread the love, man, and hope I hope I get the hope I get <laughs> hope I get the good bracket in the pool I wanted in. That and sounds that's, like a bracket player's answer. <laughs> I don't have commitment issues. I just spread the love. It's worked out for me so far. Ninety nine point nine percentile. Really? You're looking at him right 99. here. 99.9 percentile. 90, and my champion's still alive. So we're feeling pretty good right now. Wow. And the other two are like 90 to 95. Like, they're all, they're all pretty decent. I'm, I'm pretty thrilled with my, with my rate right now. You know, I feel like whenever I'm in that position at the Sweet 16, because oh, yeah. that's when you, you take a breath and you go, oh, you look around, you see where everything's at, and you're like, I'm in really good shape. That's when it all falls the apart The train is me. coming. Yeah. The train is coming. So I'm in the opposite <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing, though. Yeah. I'm actually feeling kind of good about it because I think I use the same bracket because I'm not a weak human. Yeah, that's fair. So I'm in three different ones, but I have the same bracket. And I think on ESPN, I'm like the 33rd percentile. Not very good. Pretty bad. Not some would, very Some good. would say pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, pretty bad. <laughs> here's the thing, though. Yeah? Because of all the upsets, a lot of people aren't looking good. I still got my champ alive. 
I still have two more final team, final four teams alive. Two more? Yes. You have three of your final four. So if I get, I, and I looked at all my brackets, and if if my teams do what I said that they were going to do, <laughs> I'm going to win all those all those pools. So this is essentially I'm like, going to get all the bragging rights. You got five five Sweet Sixteen teams right, but three of them are your final four, so you're still sitting good. I think I have six. <laughs> I, I was I think just I have six, maybe seven. I think six. If you're lucky, you yeah, seven. I think six. Uh, but the the correct ones are still alive. So, I don't know. We'll see how that shakes out. But if, if you're listening to this podcast, there's a pretty good chance that your national champion is already knocked out. It could be Virginia. It could be Arizona. It could be who else lost big time. Michigan State was a big one that, that everybody had. Xavier, I didn't believe in them. Xavier. Xavier. Carolina. Yeah. Obviously, in this area. In, in Keeps Carolina. going. Yeah. I mean, ESPN showed a they, – they released a thing and had their top eight, I believe, uh, picks. And there was like, I want to say six of them were gone. Yeah, like it's just it's basically I think Villanova and Duke are left, and Kansas. Chaos. Those are those are the teams that everybody thought might might win it and are still alive. Yeah, that's it. But <laughs> that's it. you know how many? Yeah, like you know, did you pick Purdue with Haas out? No, you <laughs> yeah. didn't. You know, so I think you know most people picked UVA. They're done. Let, let's let's get down into that. First of all, I want to ask you, before we talk about the greatest upset in college basketball history, or the biggest upset, right. maybe not the greatest, maybe the greatest was 1983 NC State over Houston. You could make that argument. But the biggest upset, the most surprising. Yeah. Um, first of all, you you said on the podcast you hate that narrative. You were like, <laughs> miss me with that. That's when I know you're upset. Miss me with that. Yeah. You know, Tony Bennett, yes, he can win in March, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so this weekend did not do wonders for, <laughs> for your hatred of that narrative. It did not. Do you are you now starting to buy into it? Or no. was it just a fluke? No, I'm not buying into it. Here here's what I'll say, okay? And this is my whole Tony Bennett deal. They play at a slower pace than everyone else. So they are going to leave the door slightly more open than other teams would, okay? No so ma- you agree with the haters in yeah, that case. Yeah, no matter what they say. So, like, that being said, I think they might need, like, one more bounce than, a, than like, your everyday, like, really good basketball team to okay. win a national championship. But not a significant number. Right, of but not, I don't think it's like, yeah, okay. I don't, I'm not a person that says, oh, this system can't win, like, because it has. It's won two ACC championships. Like, it's, it's won on every stage that you could possibly win on, with the exception of the most important the one. The most important one. The biggest one. <laughs> so, I don't know, man. I, I just, I don't buy it. But I will say that, like, for a half a second, I was like, geez, man, if you can't, like, if this is going to happen this year, when you got of far all and, years, and you got far and away like one of the, the one of the best three teams in the country, and you're gonna lose to sixteen, like it makes you wonder. It 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 did. It made me wonder for a hard second. But then you think back to six days later when they cut down the nets in the ACC championship, and you're like, that's stupid. So that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at. I think they need a little more luck than your average team to win six games in a row. But I still think it can be done, and Tony Bennett has a good chance of doing it. I think that DeAndre Hunter going out is a bigger deal than maybe people thought it was going to be. Yep. Um, now, nobody thought they were going to lose to the 16. But if I told you, you know, they lost in the Sweet 16 game, you might point to that Hunter injury and say, oh, okay, well, he was, you know, sixth man of the year. Maybe maybe that was big. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people are wondering, like, how did UMBC win? 
And they, they didn't just win. Like, they beat them down. Yeah. Again, that was a 20-point game. Like, I actually turned that game off. Wow. Yeah. Because I knew, I knew it was going to happen. I had things to do. And I said, I can turn this game off with three minutes left. It is, it is done. Uh, bold, which bold is strategy. Not unbelievable. Watching, not watching the buzzer. I had, I had things to do. I had places to be. Understandable. Uh, but here's, here's an interesting theory that I had floated out to me today, actually. I want to hear what you think about it. Okay. Okay. Guy, guy who told me this is named Derek Wittenberg. Oh, I've heard of him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> anyways, Witt, Witt tells me today, he goes, the NCAA made a key rule change that has led to the little guys being much more competitive against the big guys. What do you think that rule change is? I wouldn't have guessed it. The only thing that makes sense to me is uh, some kind of scholarship limit. So mm. there's there's not enough pie okay. to go around. That's not it. Is it is um, it a transfer rule? It's not a transfer rule. It's not changing the shot clock. What is it? Which I which is maybe what I thought. Like maybe that would help. They made the shot clock shorter. I figured if you wanted to help the little guy, you'd make it longer. When he said this, I went hmm, and then he explained it, and I said, mate, you know what? I mean, this guy knows what he's talking about. You know. Yeah. He said the five second rule has changed college basketball, and he said this is how it's changed. Okay. If if I'm Virginia, I'm bigger, taller, more athletic, right? And you're little old UMBC. I've got you out-athleted at every position. Yeah. The five-second rule used to disrupt offenses a lot more when there was a big disparity in talent because now you're having to worry about five seconds all the time because I can get up in your face and, and, and you're going to have to get rid of the ball quickly or you're going to have to back up. You have to back way up. Right. Okay? You have to create space, yeah. That, that disrupted offenses, he said, a ton. Now they don't have to worry about that. So the guy can just kind of turn his shoulder, keep his dribble alive, hand off to somebody else. They can go dribble. And, and he said that, that that has been the biggest thing in – what do you think about that? I've never thought of that. Me neither. But that's very blew interesting. blew my mind. That's very interesting. No, I mean it makes, it makes complete sense. You can, you can set up your offense at the top of the key without having to, one, wear yourself out because you probably only got – one or two good players that can play with a Virginia type team, mm-hmm. and two, you don't have to start your offense forty-five feet away from the basket. Yep. So and he and huh. he said so so you know when a when a good team like a Virginia would have got down in the past, what do you do? You pressure, right? Right. He said, but what happens is you don't have to worry about five. And it's not like five second was being called a lot, but he was just saying that it disrupted guys a ton. Yeah. Because you had to be mindful of it. No, definitely. Now you don't, and what happens is you pressure. But then you just you, – if you're Virginia, you're the good team, then you just wear yourself out and you don't get the turnovers that you were getting. Because, I mean, and now that I think back on it, you didn't see five seconds called a ton, but what you did see is a lot of turnovers because of five seconds. Right. Where guys are trying to throw risky passes because they know there's a three or four count already. And so, uh, basically, you know, all you need – if you're if you're one of those good teams, is you get down twelve and you force you know three turnovers in a fairly short amount of time, and it, you're back in the game. Everybody takes a, a deep breath and you're fine. And he said that rule change has led to more of these smaller schools that aren't as good talent wise, right? Being able to compete. Hmm, that's crazy. No, I that's was really interesting. That's a solid theory and one that I haven't heard of enough enough to put it on the podcast. Absolutely, I, I felt like more stuff. people needed to hear that. You need to go back to him weekly and say, "Hey, Wit, what do you got for me this week?" Man? I'm I'm not cool with him like that. <laughs> I just I just ran into him and we started talking to some ball and there you go. And he dropped that on me and I was like, "Man, 
He's a genius. Yes, that's pretty good stuff. Interesting. So maybe that is why we saw more upside. I mean, every 14 seed seemed to be in a game with a three seed. Yeah, if you not, know? just destroying the three seed. Like you said, Penn, Penn was up on Kansas. You know, UMBC took Virginia to the woodshed. And, and we, we just saw a lot of upsets. It was. It did seem like a particularly eventful Thursday and Friday. And a lot of, of near upsets as well. Yeah, it was and awesome. So, yeah, it was. It was just awesome. Just for two seconds, let's just like reflect on how freaking fun Thursday and Friday were. And really, Saturday and Sunday, too. I mean, just awesome. Like, my two favorite days of the year. We covered this last yep. week. I won't cover it again, but it delivered on everything that I hoped it would be. And you got, you know, Loyola, Chicago in the Sweet 16 – and they've got that 92-year-old lady. What's her name? Sister something. Yeah. Sister, Sister Jean. 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 Sister Jean is like a rock star right now. Yeah. And those are the stories that we love in March Madness. Absolutely. Maybe not if you're a Miami fan, but yes, those are that's what we love. Who's this Carolina guy? Luke, Luke May? Is that his name? <laughs> yeah. Whenever he introduced himself to the country last year against Kentucky. Yeah. It's great. It's yeah. great. It's good stuff. Those are that's what makes what that's what makes March. Absolutely. So now we kind of have like a wide open field where I've kind of got this gut feeling. I, I picked Villanova. I thought they were the best team going in. I think they're the best team remaining, obviously. Uh, but, you know, if they get upset, Kansas gets upset. I mean, I think there's a very real possibility more this year than in past years where there could be a team that wins the national title and everybody just kind of looks at it and goes, man, like, <laughs> they're not that good. <laughs> so, like some real sour grapes. Yeah. That's you know? exactly what it would be. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. Like when you just <laughs> – That's all. That's all you need. You just know, so. you kind of kiss your teeth and you go, man. Yeah. That team, that team like, it, it, like 40 schools in the country are sitting there saying, that could be us. Right, right. That could be us. That team, we're better than that team. Yeah. That, that could really happen this year. That's going to be fun. That's going to be fun because if you just got total chaos – Including your meat grinder of a whatever region that is, South ah. region that is all the Goliaths, and then you got a bunch of like nine seeds in the Sweet Sixteen now. So, <laughs> I knew you were going to bring this up. I'm glad you did. Yeah. So, full disclosure, Nate tried to bring this up to me before we turned the mics on, <laughs> and I was just like, "No, no, no, sit down. Like, let's turn the mics on. Let's get into this." Okay. So, I said that the South was the toughest region. Yeah. Is it not kind of proving my point that all the good seeds in the South are gone, that this was a tough, <laughs> tough region? No, absolutely not. Is, is it not kind of proving no, my point? No, it's not. It's the opposite of proving your point. It, it says that all those teams were not very good. Right. It says that Cincinnati was soft and Tennessee was soft and Miami was soft mm-hmm. and Arizona was Arizona, just like I told you they were in last year. In your week. three brackets, how many did you pick Virginia to win the 90? Virginia? One. Yeah. Okay. I have three main brackets. I spread the love. Okay. I went with Virginia once, Michigan State once, and Villanova once. But you did pick Virginia. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So were they soft? Virginia wasn't the team. I never mentioned Virginia right there. Mm. Notice that. I didn't, I didn't, say, I did I didn't say the South was easy because Virginia. I said the South was easy because you had a bunch of trash in the bottom, and you had Arizona as a fourth seed who also was not very good. Hey, man. So here we are. If Kentucky wins the Natty, yeah. does the South become the toughest region again? <laughs> Hey, I said Kentucky was good, too, and they're still alive. What if Nevada makes the championship <laughs> game? You know what I mean? That was a big part of my point is, like, Nevada is a nasty seven seed. Like, like they've got they've got Virginia, best team in the tournament. They've got Cincinnati. Soft. Tough, tough team. Soft. <laughs> <laughs> they've got Tennessee. Okay, but not very good. 
better than Texas Tech. <laughs> I'm just saying. Not at all. Um, Not at all, sir. It's funny how that works out because Loyola beat Tennessee, so now you can act like the South was weak. Right. <laughs> but but Texas Tech almost lost in the first round. Mm. And Tennessee, like, they won by, like, 25. No big deal. No. So, you know, whatever. It's about matchups. But it is. It, it is. It's all about matchups. But, no, I, I get what you're saying. I just thought I'd give you crap because the South is crap. That's you know, all. something something to bring up also – you brought up the like, will we see a sixteen beat a one? Like the answer is yes. Yeah. Like if you listen to the last podcast, we saw aliens, <laughs> but God. it was on national TV, so uh, everybody believes you that you saw it. Right. Yeah. No, I hear you. Imagine that. Imagine if tomorrow, like breaking news, dun, 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 it's like <laughs> aliens have landed. <laughs> no, no, I'm out. I'm out on the metaphor. I do not endorse this metaphor anymore. But that's basically what happened, though, is what I'm saying. Is like everybody no, I, saw UMBC. It's like, yo, can you believe this? Like people that aren't even basketball fans are talking about that all weekend long, right? Yeah. You couldn't go anywhere, and, and someone wasn't talking about the retrievers, you know? Right. So that would be – that's kind of similar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead and connect those dots. <laughs> Just thought I'd bring that back up. That's fair. Like, yes, it happened. It happened. So now, like next year, are you going to take a 16 to beat a 1? It's got, got to, right? You have to. Gotta you know? be it's like the 5-12. It's <laughs> yeah. been, 16-1 is the new 5-12. Lane Kiffin's the only guy in America that picked that game right. What do you know? <laughs> Man, okay. So we have our bracket. Yeah. Um, if you're listening now, it's too late to join. But for the low, low price of a, of a retweet and a follow, you could get in our pool, and we're giving away a $50 Amazon gift card. And uh, – you're not 99.9% in that one, are you? I'm not. I'm only 93.2. We'll give a quick update. Who's who's leading this? Who's doing well? First, we got at QB Josh 17. Okay. Um, and then we got some people that didn't necessarily follow the rules that are all tied for second. So I have a question on that. Yeah. You know, we said, we said like, put your Twitter handle in there. Like, did some of them put their Twitter handle, but they just didn't put an at? So most people, that's that's. I'm going to have to double check. I think they may have. There's one, we got a Brandon Wilcox. And then we got a biggest boss nine, and it's his eleventh bracket. So biggest boss nine. So maybe it is at biggest boss nine. I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to do a little further research. Yeah. But um, we have one, two, three, four, five. Can people rename their brackets? They can. If you're listening and didn't follow instructions, like you should have, go on there. Put your Better Twitter follow handle. instructions because I don't want that drama. Yeah. If if so, all right, let's go ahead. And let's put it out there. If someone wins the pool without their Twitter handle being their name, what do you what do we do? I mean, do we make an honest effort, or do we just try to find them at whatever their name is? And if it's not there, we go to the next. I mean, person. we try to find them, but if they don't, I, I'd give them like a couple days. Yeah. Okay. Fair you enough. Know, to 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 find us, basically. See, you're nicer than me because my first reaction was like, literally, the tweet said there was big stars. It said name your bracket. Yeah, your Twitter it handle. says that in the pool too. It does. You gotta follow directions. This isn't this isn't high school, and they'll <laughs> let you you know remake yeah. that zero of a homework this is actually the point in life where they tell you yes. they're not going to let you redo it anymore yeah because they told you that in elementary school and then in middle school you were good all the way through college your college professor still yeah. let you make up the work yeah now it's like but here's what i'm not going to have happen though is for someone to win it and then not you know not be found yep and then like two weeks later they're like hey let, let me get that gift card yeah like, that thing not. is gone to second place yeah second place speaking of second place Yours truly. Uh, I am also in that group of five at second place. Oh, okay. Along with at Logan Blank and at Joshua Gannon 13. So thank you, Logan Blank and Joshua Gannon 13 for following the rules. But that's your quick update. 
Um, still lots, lots of time left. Yes. Of the people I just mentioned. By the way, I could still win this pool, and I'm way down there. Absolutely. Of the people we just mentioned, um, only three still have their champion available. One of them is not me. So Michigan State is the one I picked in this pool. So I am pretty much done. You're done. Assuming Loyola Chicago and Kansas State don't wind up in the Final Four just to screw with everyone else. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I, you are done. I am right. still alive. Very much alive in the pool. I caught the flu over the first weekend, but I – I, I think I'm going to pull through. Let's just find your position on here. Do I have enough time to do that? That's, I don't know. Don't hurt your thumb scrolling down. a lot of scrolling on here. There you are. 40th. Yeah. 340 points. Nova, Gonzaga, Duke, still alive. You're not wrong. Look at you. A lot of points possible remaining. Uh, well, best of luck. May the odds be ever in your favor. Yeah. So thank you to everyone that jumped in the pool. It's going to be fun. It's already been fun, but it's definitely going to be fun down the stretch. We might have to tweet out a little bit, especially my favorite is when it's like two people are battling in the finals. When there's two people left and it's, hey, if this team wins, guy A wins. And yep. if the other team wins, guy B wins. That That's something on the line. It's what we do it for. You know, it's just a $50 gift card, but, you know, you buy a lot of stuff on Amazon probably. Oh, yeah. That can go, that can go a little ways towards something. You can figure it out. You can buy $50 worth of Tide Pods. <laughs> don't eat them <laughs> don't eat them uh, um what else you got man braves are about to kick it off this this week it's about that time man <laughs> for those of you that maybe started listening more recently because nathan actually hasn't done this in a while it used to be a thing every podcast where somehow some way nathan would work in a braves reference yep I think it's time to fire that machine back we up. We didn't really ever talk about the Braves in depth, no. but it would just be, you know, it's kind of similar to the Braves' uh, second baseman <laughs> situation right now. You know, not really sure that you would just you would work uh, it in, and uh, you haven't you haven't done that in a while. But it was kind of the Easter egg. It's time, yeah. It's, it was winter. You know, pitchers and catchers were getting loose. I was getting loose. I was coming up with some more metaphors how how this season could parallel with some with some local topics. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm running into form as well. It's my spring training's over. It's time to put the Braves back in the podcast. It's time to buy MLB The Show and get to work. Mm, what a time suck. <laughs> <laughs> so we are also in, uh, since we've pretty much exhausted basketball. Yeah. Um, hurricanes and Hornets. Bye. See ya. Bye, girl. I mean, we had high, such high hopes. Yeah, that was a fun. Once again. That was a fun three-week stretch where the Hurricanes were in the playoff hunt. If you can play goalie. You know, our old question, how many shots would you stop out of 30? Yeah. If you can stop 25, please <laughs> go contact uh, Tom Dundon and the Hurricanes because yeah. we need somebody that doesn't let up six goals a game. We'll work for food. Yeah, they have great food. Yeah. Great food in the arena, by the mm. way. I'm not even talking concessions. I'm talking about it, like if you work there. <laughs> like they, yeah, great food. Best. It's known as like the best, uh, best media meal in the NHL, by it's the way. It's a real deal. Fun fact for you. Well, noted. Because they have pulled pork every time. There you go. And other stuff. But um, we've pretty much exhausted that. Hurricanes and Hornets, nothing there. I will say, uh, last year we did a college baseball podcast that was very well received. And uh, Carolina started the year ranked very high. They've gotten off to a slow start, but there's a lot of talent there. Uh, they might find themselves back in the top 25. Uh, we'll see how the season shakes out. But we're a couple weeks in ACC play. Both Duke and NC State are ranked. Both teams are red hot right now. Yeah. Both of them have won their first two series in the ACC. Um, NC State is atop the Atlantic, and I believe Duke is atop the Coastal, um, if I'm not mistaken. Triangle representing baseball. So 
yeah, not obviously not this weekend. We're not going to get super in-depth with it. But um, if you're a fan of one of these triangle schools, you live kind of close by, even if you're not a big baseball fan, go out there. If the weather is nice, go out there. You will have a good time. There are good teams in the area. And uh, hopefully here pretty soon. I won't promise next week. We'll see what shakes out. Yeah. But hopefully here pretty soon we'll get into some, some triangle baseball because we're starting to transition to that. That's, that means basketball's almost over. And with that said, a tear just welled up in my eye. Yeah. It's sad. It's just like, you know, the Super Bowl. You, it's always a little bittersweet yep. because you know that you're not going to have football for seven months. But with every day – we're that much closer to college football season kicking off. Yes, yes. We're getting, and, uh, time is a flat circle. We're you just know, always looking forward. With that, there's been a lot of pro days going on right now. I'm not obviously going to break that down either at the end of this podcast, but going to be some guys locally drafted pretty high, I think, in the uh, case of Bradley Chubb. Oh, yeah. And um, we'll definitely do – we always do like a little NFL draft stuff. We'll see how the Carolina Panthers – because we haven't talked Panthers in a little while. Um We'll talk uh, Carolina Panthers, what they need to do in their draft. So it's a busy, busy time of the year for sports. I know you're going to want to talk about the Masters and Tiger, and he's been doing things. He's back. Is he? Oh, for sure. Take it home. I keep getting these texts randomly at, like, random hours, and I didn't realize sports were going on, and Nathan's like, Tiger just went birdie, birdie. <laughs> like, he's so fired up about this. It's just a Tiger emoji. You know what the deal is. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, what's he – okay, what's he doing? He's <laughs> one back. Nathan, it's it's Friday morning. Relax. But, yeah, there's a lot to talk about. Absolutely. So, we got a lot coming up. Hope you all will uh, tune in for those. Thank you all so much for listening again. And uh, we will see you next week. For Nathan, I'm Andrew. This has been the Triangle and Two Podcast, sponsored by Yates Contracting, LLC.